Ladies and gentlemen. Pacific Sound Radio. Hello and welcome to Pacific Sound Radio, your go-to source for everything happening in the Vancouver music scene. I'm James Olson. Thank you for joining us on this first episode of Pacific Sound Radio Quarantine Edition. On March 15th, 2020, we announced that as the Save on Meats restaurant in East Vancouver, which has served as our recording space for almost two years, was closing in compliance with provincial lockdown protocols to combat the spread of COVID-19, my co-host Travis Noel and I decided that we would be taking a break from the program temporarily. As many of us have come to the realization that quarantine measures in British Columbia and across the world are going to be in place for what looks like at least a couple of months and with all local music venues closed and all future shows on pause in the city of Vancouver, I recently came to the realization that it's now more important than ever to for this program to keep supporting and showcasing the amazing bands and artists that make up the Vancouver music scene. My co-host Travis Noel has decided to take a step back from the program for the time being, so I'll be working with our producer Mark Lingelbach at his home studio for this new version of Pacific Sound Radio. Understandably, our format will be a little different since Pacific Sound Radio Quarantine Edition is just a podcast and not a live radio show that we later edit into a podcast like our previous format. So while this version of the show will not feature staples of the live broadcasts like news and show listings, we will be sharing news, live stream events, and new singles and releases from your favorite local artists on our social media platforms. Before I get to our first guest, I actually do have one final announcement to make that I'm pretty stoked about. Pacific Sound Radio is officially streaming on Spotify, along with six other major streaming platforms, including Anchor and Google Podcasts. Keep an eye out for new episodes starting next week, including episodes from our archives, which will finally be available in a streaming format. And on this first episode of Pacific Sound Radio Quarantine Edition, we'll be catching up with Young Heezy. Young Heezy, also known as Jordan Haney, is a rising talent in the Vancouver music scene, having scored a viral hit with his catchy bedroom pop track, Cause You're My Girl, back in 2018. Since we last connected with Jordan, Young Heezy has toured seven different countries with recent appearances at the 2019 Westford Music Festival in Vancouver, opening for Foom Weapreet and the Thing Festival in Washington State on a bill including Kurt Vile, Parquet Court, Snail Mail, De La Soul, Jeff Tweedy, and the Violent Femmes. Just this week, Jordan has released I, Your Boy, the follow-up to his breakthrough debut record, Whenever You're Around, I Hate Everything Less, and we are very excited to have him back on the show to learn more about his latest release. How's, uh, how are you... It's good. Is that Lamb's Breath with you? Ah, uh, yeah, that's Mark from Lamb's Breath. He's uh, our producer. Yo, what's up, dude? Yeah, I'm just recording his space. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I've been friends with Mark for, for a little while now, and uh, even before things got interesting in the past few past few weeks, uh, Mark uh, had expressed interest in kind of helping out with the producer end of things with the show, so... Oh, that's great! Yeah. yeah, man. I think I think Pierce introduced us like years ago, or uh, yeah, like that. maybe yeah. 
Like, yeah. I, I just know you now from Young Heezy and like, that's and right. Pierce yeah. is playing with you guys. Yeah. Yeah, uh, man, for sure. Yeah. How's Pierce doing? You guys still hanging during quarantine? Well, or? yeah, just kind of like messaging each other and stuff. Like, I'm in his band, he's in mine. So, uh, yeah, yeah. We're, we've been talking a lot, just like, I don't know, exchanging music and shit. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that Chinatown uh, recordings uh, Pierce did. Oh, yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. Super fun. Super rad. Yeah, I actually had a question about that. I mean, what's it, uh, what's it been like having uh, Pierce and uh, Chris in your band, considering you know how creative they are as uh, songwriters in their own right? Uh, it's awesome because, like, just like you said, they're super creative guys. So, uh, um, what's really nice is when I when we start uh, learning a song, they uh, they pick it up pretty quick because. Uh, yeah, I think they understand where I'm coming from a lot of the time. And um, it's also, I just like working with really talented people. <laughs> that sounds like obvious, but yeah, they're just like really nice guys, really easy to work with, uh, just unbelievable songwriters, like, and prolific as well. So yeah, um, yeah it's, a, it's a joy just like getting to work with them, playing my songs with them, playing uh, their songs, good stuff. Yeah, Pierce really knows pop music and like making good choruses good bass lines and good vocal melodies i found oh i'm a huge pierce fan like like before i even met him i uh, i knew his music and stuff and what i liked was like it's everything you just said but also he knows how to make things weird like he knows how to dive into the weirder uh the stuff you wouldn't necessarily think is catchy or you wouldn't find in a regular uh pop song and make it work in a really cool way when you were uh writing i your boy which is of course uh, just came out uh earlier this week uh when you were working on the songs would you be sending stuff over to, to pierce to get like his perspective and and stuff like that no actually i didn't really show anyone uh the album um for a long time like uh until i ha was to a point where the songs were kind of like like 90% complete. Then I started showing uh, Pierce and Chris and, and everyone. Um, but there was, it was really like, uh, I tried to keep myself very isolated when I was recording uh, I, Your Boy, to the point where it was, it was brutal on my mental health. Like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it that way again. Yeah, and I, I, I read that, um, that it was kind of, it was deliberately self-imposed for a period of about two months. I guess uh, the, the question I have was, what was the initial idea behind taking that approach, and why do you think it didn't pan out as, as well as you had intended? So the first two, uh, it, there was two inspirations for it. It was... Uh, uh, how Mac DeMarco records and how the work ethic of Elon Musk that I was taking from to be like, okay, Mac apparently records all of his albums in the span of two weeks. Um, so I'm like, I'm like, okay, great. Like, uh, I, I'm so bad at staying focused while I'm recording. So I have to create a, an approach like that. So I, I first put out like, okay, uh, I'm going to try to do this in two weeks and just see what happens. And I kept pushing the deadline because it, it just really wasn't working. Like I was trying to um, 
take from Elon Musk. He was apparently he was working like 140 hours a week or something insane like that, getting two to three hours of sleep when he was running uh, Tesla and uh, SpaceX, trying to keep them afloat. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna make the best music possible by just staying up all day and forcing myself to do it. Um, and that process ended up being more like two months. Uh, and I had maybe like 15% of the album finished by then because I just, it was so difficult on my mental health, like blocking myself away from friends, uh, trying not to, to go out unless I had to for an obligation. Um, yeah, it just, it, maybe it'll work for someone else, but it, it really backfired on me. Fair. And I guess, um, Besides not taking that approach again, what did you kind of learn by going through that experience and then kind of recalibrating and finishing the rest of the record? Um, I learned a lot about songwriting, I guess. I learned, uh, I think, a lot about my process, uh, what works for me the best. Um, I, I guess I learned how to write lyrics uh, efficiently. Uh, and uh, those things from like a music perspective, like, uh, if you just start recording and keep going long enough, you'll start to find the tricks that work for you and the tactics that, uh, that are more difficult to pull off. Like for, for one of the songs, uh, I think I started recording, you got me like as the third or fourth song. And I, it was maybe the last song I ended up working on like uh, like a year and a half later just because it took me so long to to get down this uh, this middle uh, bridge section where it almost sounds like everything's descending um, so I guess like uh, one thing I was trying to learn through all of this is how to become more efficient I think I figured it out because I tried so many things on that descending part, and when it finally worked out, it was it was an obvious thing that probably could have taken me like a day to do. <laughs> so well, uh, yeah, yeah, and I, I ha actually had a question specifically about you got me because that, from what I understand, is like kind of two different songs mashed together as a single piece. How did you figure out that those? two song ideas fit together in such a complimentary way. Um, I, I like doing that, uh, where I'll be working on something. Uh, I'll have a little piece and then I'll have another piece. And when I can't figure it out, I'll just throw the pieces together. I have a, I have a few songs that came together that way. Um, but I learned that songwriting technique, uh, from a band I used to be in called frog pile where, it would be like I would be writing something, someone else would be writing something, and we just find a way to throw it together. So in this this album, I was really obsessed with like transitions, and I like the transitions. And you got me. There's one where it's just it's basically just the drums kind of make the transition for it, and then the the other time uh, I have to do a little bit of little bit of quirky uh, chord play to switch keys from A major to E major to make those parts fit. Yeah, I noticed um, going through this record, especially in the latter half, the last three songs, and I'll, I'll list off the, the song names just so uh, 
listeners know exactly which ones I'm talking about. Uh, no revolution for the chosen children of 95, a genuine attempt at not being a dick in paradise Island. They feel more cinematic in scale. Um, did the you know process of crafting this record serve to you as an opportunity to spread your wings a bit more as a as a writer because these ones feel more i mean even uh no revolution is like less than three minutes, but it feels very grand with the with the marching drums for example yeah i was uh I was very inspired by pet sounds and uh um what's that song or what's that album uh Beatles Sergeant uh, Peppers. That's it. Yeah, of uh, of just like kind of bringing in the uh, the marching band, you know, like bringing in the trumpets and the violins, and um, that's something I've wanted to do for a, a very long time, uh, and I want to continue doing. Like, uh, I I kind of wrote songs for a long time with a live band in mind. Of like, okay, how will this uh, work live how will this make sense with four people uh but like you said it felt more like i was spreading my wings because i i I put that uh thought aside and i was like hey what is possible within a studio yeah and i actually had a a question about that because i know there's uh there's obviously strings on this record and there's strings all over um uh, whenever you're around i hate everything Last, in fact, my, my favorite song off that record is uh, Heroin Soup, and you know the the violin's uh, a major part of the of the chorus. Um, who who does the the strings for um, for your recorded material? Uh, I got a couple people um, on the on the first album. I was working with Walgren. Uh, shout out to Walgren. Nice. Uh, and I was working with uh, uh, Maya Jake, uh, a friend who moved to Germany. Actually, one of one of Chris's friends who hooked me up. Uh, but this album was uh, so I got two people. Um, I got this guy. I think he goes by Sagio, Sa- Sagio, I think, uh, as his handle. And uh, this uh, one girl, Katie Stewart, um, to play violin. Uh, for cello, I got uh, Emilio. I can't remember his last name. Emilio. Estevez. Shout out to Emilio. And uh, I got Jonah Ocean to play cello as well. Uh, and so Emilio was like, I reached out on Facebook. I found him. Jonah was uh, a friend that I'd met uh, filming a music video a while ago. Um, and then the other guys were just street musicians that I found, like, uh, they were just, yeah, they were just playing, like, uh, it's crazy, I can't remember his name right now, or exactly how to pronounce it, Saggio, or something like that, Uh, he was, uh, he was playing, like, electric violin, like, EDM stuff uh, on the street, and I reached out to him, and he came over a couple days later, and we started recording for uh, Social Anxiety, and Katie Stewart, I saw her playing at this club. Uh, what's it? The uh, it's like this Irish pub. I can't remember the name. Um, uh, Kaylee's maybe. Donegal's. No. Um, Blarney Stone. Blarney Stone. There yeah, we go. Yeah. She know that. Yeah. So got her over, and she recorded violin for the rest of the album. Um, but that's great. I like I like doing it that way. like. 
I've done that a couple times. I see someone playing on the street. I'm like, ah, get in here. You're good. That's a, I have to say that's a novel approach. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that. Just like, <laughs> just harass some buskers. Hey, you want to record on my album? Yeah, it works. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, one thing that I read that you'd mentioned on a few occasions was that this new record, Iron Boy, kind of mirrors your first album in a few different ways. Um, in what respects is Iron Boy kind of a reflection or inverse of the sentiments found on Whenever You're Around, I Hate Everything Less? Uh, it's So that first album was a love album about the person I was with this album is the breakup album about that same person goes from nice and happy to nice and sad and you can kind of hear that just listening through the album especially with how it ends with uh, Paradise Island you kind of with it ending on such a mellow note I can kind of see the or see <laughs> see the music hear the arc or the course of the songs Mm-hmm. I do have a question about that. Um, when it came to, because they they do have those two clear concepts. Did you plan that, or was it just that you wrote the album, looked at it, and realized that's what it is? Uh, I I was planning it. Uh, I started writing these songs when we were still together, mm-hmm. so that's kind of why they're a lot of the time they're pretty upbeat and and happy, uh, uh, like instrumentally. Yeah. Uh, but then I started being like, okay, like what what am I talking about really here? And I was like, well, maybe I started writing lyrics for we was one, I think. And I was like, okay, well, this is pretty sad. And I was like, well, let's just kind of go with that. And, uh, yeah, I think it became a conscious decision to, to make it a breakup album. What do you think the next album you'll do will be about? Oh, I don't know. Probably, probably something political. Yeah. I, I have to do something like that. Yeah. I got to have like, <laughs> Maybe the uh, the Father John Misty approach and yeah. uh, something. But I don't know. It, it might be more like a White Album sort of thing. Cool. Yeah, I was just going to say um, that kind of – it certainly the the trajectory you seem to be going on with your, your albums does kind of remind me of Father John Misty, especially with like, oh, you know, I'm going to have I'm gonna have I Love You, Honey Bear, which is the, the big I love album, and then Pure Comedy, which is just – Bleak politics. Yeah. (laughs) Bleak politics. (laughs) Let's see. Oh, um, well, so I did have a question. Uh, Considering the theme of the record, there is at least one song in there that strikes me as perhaps a little bit of a little bit of an outlier, but I might be wrong here in terms of the, the general tone. But, you know, the song Billionaire is explicitly about probably you know the it couple of this generation a romantic pairing so undeniably odd they're in a way for, perfect for one another i'm of course talking about the south african tony stark elon musk and art pop superstar grimes what motivated you to write a song about those two i love elon man i mean i'm a huge elon fan uh, i heard he was dating grimes i was like that is weird as hell <laughs> yeah, I uh, I yeah, away. I I just um I wrote that one I didn't, with like something else in mind. I was I was thinking of like I was listening to that song by the Beatles. I was like, "Baby, you're a rich man." Baby. And I was like, "Oh, maybe I can write something about money." <laughs> like, a lot of there's like that's not a concept I've tackled before. So I tried to write something like 
uh, you make me feel like a millionaire, like millionaire. And I was like, no, no, no. You make me feel like a billionaire. Like that's, yes. that's more today. Yeah, and I was totally. like, oh shit. Oh shit. Wait a minute. Billionaire. What if I'm writing from Elon's perspective and then I just, I did it as a joke, but then I was like, okay, this, this is maybe kind of good. Uh, so yeah, it doesn't it doesn't follow the theme. There's there's like uh, I think three songs on that album that aren't really uh, following the concepts that the other seven do. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that that's how that one came about. Well, if they break up, then maybe it'll it'll follow the concept. Yeah, per- <laughs> perhaps. Yeah. Well, I mean, all I know is that you know she's pregnant with his kid, and that's going to be one very rich, kid. one very interesting. That child's gonna have an interesting life. Let's put that. Yeah, do you hear what, you hear what the kid's name is? Scott no. Uh, in influenza. Oh my what? god, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Sure. I doubt it's gonna stick. No. I don't think it's real. But, I mean, no. she has some. She has some time to change her mind. The ink's not yeah. dry on the birth certificate just yet. So is my child, yeah. COVID nineteen. Oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah, why not? I'll let that joke yeah. fly, but you know. Trying our best not to joke about that. Hey, COVID. Yeah. Oh, boy. Call him Covey for short. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, another way that that song um, stands out from the rest of the record is it uh, features a verse by D. Bangs, who... Yeah, man. Yeah, joined you on the Cool Music Tour and is a Phoenix-based rapper. How'd you get connected with him, and what's uh, what's your relationship like with, uh, with this young MC? Uh, I reached out to him, uh, when I was, when I was filming, uh, the cool music, uh, video with Churdley's and our, like, we were just, I was talking back and forth with, uh, with Chad is his name, Churdley's Chad. And we're like, Hey, let's try to get like a couple more people in. Let's just try to fill this music video with, with as many musicians as we know. So I reached out to a couple of people I was fans of. And uh, D Bangs got back. He was like, "Yeah, man, I'm, I'm down." And I, I got him at a good time. He was, uh, I think, he was just moving to LA around that time, so he was he was still like meeting people and stuff. And he came over. He's got like a little, a uh, uh, little feature in that music video is like this replacement musician we get. Um, but yeah, we started. We just hung out for a bit. Um, I showed him Billionaire uh maybe a week later and he really liked it so we just we started working on uh like just putting that whole thing together and yeah it was good like the next time i went to la uh on that tour uh we played together at tropicalia and we were just we just hung out and stuff and i don't know like vibing and shit and uh he was like can i come on tour and we're like yeah and uh yeah it was really fun he's a funny ass dude i haven't listened to enough of his stuff but i could even just tell by like the single art just like the kind of ridiculous anime art and stuff that he has going is there anything that you'd like recommend that listeners check out because you know i I watched the cool music like tour recap video and it's it looks like you guys are just having a ball having a ball yes yes if you guys okay if you guys go on to uh D Bang SoundCloud. It's his biggest song. It's the funniest thing. It's uh, I can't I can't even say the name. Uh, it's, it's got some explicit words yeah, in there, but it's about it's about like anime and hentai and oh, just no. like like breakfast cereal and uh, 
Yeah, it's it's pretty sick. Nice. Just like just I can't say the name, but you will know when you hear it right off the bat. <laughs> cool, cool. Yeah, so, and kind of speaking to that, uh, with the Cool Music Tour, you know, you had the chance to, let's see, yeah, you went to Washington State, California, Nevada. What was, um, what were some highlights from the tour? What would, what was the most memorable show that you'd say you played? Um, pro- oh, probably Tropicalia. I love playing festivals, you know, like, that was really fun. All, all the shows were pretty good. Um, I like playing in Reno. That was the first time we played there. And uh, all the Reno kids came out. Um, they have a really nice scene over there. Um, yeah, man, it was uh, it was like it was a pretty good tour. Like all the all the shows were pretty great. Uh, yeah, but I, I'd I'd probably say Tropicalia was like a, a highlight. I just it, you got to play a festival. You know, like festivals are so fun. It was like all the dream poppers were there. Got to meet some. Uh, some musicians I really look up to. Um, yeah. Who else was, uh, on the bill for that one? Uh, Tropicalia. Uh, uh, so I think, uh, I can't remember who the headliner was, uh, but we were playing with like yellow days, Cuco, home shake, uh, Temperex. We played with, uh, Puma blue, um yeah there's some there's some cool dudes running around good stuff yeah and you mentioned reno which is you know a city that most people kind of know is uh nevada junior but yeah or nevada junior it's in nevada las vegas junior uh but you mentioned it has a, a pretty cool scene there what's the what's the what's the reno scene uh it's uh well i say it's a cool scene because it reminds me a lot of vancouver scene where it's every it's just a bunch of kids like the all ages uh uh music scene is flourishing over there it feels like um yeah everyone's really nice to each other uh we played at a a really nice stage um everything was nice it was an it was a nice wholesome scene nice Well, and I, I kind of have a question about that because, uh, of course, you know, doing my research, I saw that in a in an interview with a Capilano Courier, you had a kind of reversed uh, reversed course on a, a sentiment you'd expressed on the song "The Follow Through" about you know preferring perhaps the Montreal music scene, but you had said that you know in your opinion Vancouver's got the best music scene in in Canada, so. Kind of wanted to dig in that, dig into that a little bit more. I of course agree with you, but just want to get your perspective. Yeah, no, I mean, I I, w- I wasn't sure if I was ever saying Montreal scene was better. I think like I thought maybe it was better at one point. Um, I I was more like I wanted to live in Montreal because I thought it was so beautiful over there. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's rent is cheaper and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, like. Uh, Montreal scene is really great. There's some excellent bands over there. It's awesome. Uh, I think it's difficult to beat Vancouver scene, at least right now, um, for all the bands that are coming out and the diversity of the scene over here. Yes. Uh, yeah, but I mean, obviously, like I don't, I don't know. I don't have any objective opinion on this. This is just of the shows that I've been to, and obviously, I've been to more Vancouver shows. 
Uh, so I, I definitely have a bias, uh, but I found uh, Montreal seemed to be very impressive. Vancouver seemed to feel like more is getting done, if that makes sense. Yeah, and, you know, of course, I'm I'm biased running a show like this and also honestly not traveling a lot outside of Vancouver, period. But, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, it, uh, just something I wanted to, to touch base about. Um, let me see here. Uh, I mean, I do love about, I don't know if it's the same in Montreal, but in Toronto they can go to, like, 4 a.m. And it seems like they've got a lot more venues. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing for sure. I do find yeah. Vancouver, it is a struggle to like almost like fight the city to keep playing in good venues. Yeah, the venues are shutting down all the time. That's that's the shame of it. Uh, I'm, I mean, it's going to be really bad right now. Yeah, yeah. Right now is a whole, a whole different thing. It's, it's yeah. pretty much going to be rebuilt, I think, after this is done. I've, yeah. I, I'm optimistic, though. I feel that, like people are going to be so starved for live music and want to get back into it so quickly that things will start, you know, sprouting up out of the ground in within like a quick turnaround. I hope. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. I really hope so. I just, I really don't want people to get used to live streaming and like thinking that that's a live performance, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's. I think there's. People have to get more creative with it. I'm not against it. Uh, I think there's ways that you can make it work. Um, I don't know. I haven't done it myself yet. Uh, but I think nothing is. Nothing can compare to like being at the show, watching the band right in front of you. Mm-hmm. Like that's not going to go away. Yeah. I think everyone's going to go insane when this thing's over and just like party really hard Ooh. for a week and then just wish everything went back to isolation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I was joking with, um, uh, joking with one of my coworkers, uh, I think last week or something like that. And he was saying, it's just like, man, you know, I, I wish I had plans to cancel right now. <laughs> I wish I could just say, no, I'm just going to stay home and have a movie night. But now every night's movie night. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it feels like socially acceptable to do that every day. <laughs> like I don't, I don't, I feel no pressure. I have no shame just playing PS4 all day. Uh, just texting, going on Instagram, like being completely unproductive. Yeah. Because that's what everyone's doing right now. It's like eh. that's that's all there is. Yeah. <laughs> For the time being, that is. Um, I did want to kind of, I wanted to ask about the music videos that you had released so far to promote the new record. Um, cool music was directed by, uh, Churdley's, uh, billionaire was directed by Charlie goggles. And those two are definitely more comedic in tone. Whereas the clip for you got me directed by Max Blanche is a bit more abstract, especially in the second half. How did the creative vision of each of these directors inform the final product and how much of this uh, process was collaborative like how much input did you have in terms of like oh we should do this uh with with each project um i well i would say for for billionaire and uh cool music those were both pretty collaborative but the uh it, the director really had like like chad had his vision for that 
and he I would say he executed it uh, perfectly. And same goes with Charlie, uh, where we, we talked about the concepts, but those guys have their own styles, you know. And so I'm, you know, you just, you got to let them do their thing. Uh, you know, a music video goes back and forth a couple times. You got, okay, this, this is the cut. Let's maybe tweak this second cut, third cut, fourth cut or whatever. Um, that was pretty good. With, uh, with Max Blanche, he was, because he, he was filming throughout our whole uh, tour. Mm-hmm. He did, he took all that stuff. I kind of told him just go crazy with it and he delivered that. Uh, and he suggested we do uh, some film, a couple more scenes in Vancouver. That's where, where it's all like snowy and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, that one was like, like the concepts for that was already built into the footage. So uh, it was really just like Max going crazy with the editing there. Yeah, I, I definitely got that with the um, uh, swirly effect on your face <laughs> and stuff like that. Right, right. Um, yeah. I was gonna say with the billionaire video, uh, when you'd like you'd put out some like teaser photos and stuff like that. I mean, wh- <laughs> writing a love song about Elon Musk and Grimes, I, I'd feel that the the concept would almost uh, would almost write itself. Now, did you shoot that video down in L.A.? Yeah cool yeah i kind of figured it as such uh i do have to ask how fun was it slash how scary was it wielding one of those boring company not a flamethrower flamethrowers uh it was pretty weird it, it was it was really fun and like intimidating like that thing is hot you know you you can shoot that for a bit uh we thought it was a little broken or it was malfunctioning because i i shot it and you have to hit to to turn this thing on you have to hit like th- you have to turn uh, the fuel gauge on and you have to open up this other little thing and then you have to shoot it. And so it's a whole pro you have to do all three of those things when you turn it off. So it's like, you, you gotta be ready and you gotta know what you're doing. Uh, that seems smart. What's that? That seems smart to kind of try and like safety proof, a a a roofing torch as Elon has put it. (laughs) Yeah, but not really. I mean, it's, (laughs) Like it's maybe turning it on, but just turning it off is like, you, you just gotta be on your toes with it. Uh, yeah, I think I scared the the crap out of D bangs when I first put it on because like it was shooting out like uh, the whatever fuel it uses without the flame. It was just like flying out. I, we thought it was malfunctioning. Oh, or something. Shit. <laughs> well, yeah, you don't want to just be spraying fuel everywhere and then go. Oh, okay, let's light it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure you had like someone with a fire fire extinguisher off camera the whole time, but uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so, I mean, obviously with touring on pause at the moment, what do you have uh, currently planned to help promote the to continue the to promote the the new record? Uh, I have another music video coming out for We Was One. It's directed by uh, Matthew Okuda, and to to be uh announced soon um i guess right now but uh yeah i got that um i have a uh, uh a giveaway i'm doing right now for the first two test pressings of i your boy 
So if you go onto my Instagram and you follow a couple simple instructions, you can participate in this and uh, yeah, maybe you'll win. The winner is going to be announced on Wednesday, the 29th. Okay, yeah, so we should have this episode out before then, hopefully. But in any case, I'm you know you'll you'll we'll have a winner either way. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Let's see. Um, other one other thing yep. is uh, I'm trying to get Elon and Grimes to listen to Billionaire. Nice. I want to. I wanted some kind of campaign or mm-hmm. something to get these guys to to hear it. Um, so if you want to help out, just, uh, I don't know. Uh, how about if you want to help out, tweet Elon, tweet Grimes, the music video, uh, see if they respond, see if we, if we can get enough people involved. I think that maybe in some crazy circumstance, they'll catch wind of it. I mean, you're already in the music video, except you're already doing like free advertising for SpaceX and the boring company. So right <laughs> it's like it's a win-win for elon at least yeah no for sure yeah um so just from your perspective what would you say you know considering what's going on right now what's the best way that listeners can support the bands and artists that they love especially in their local scene uh just keep streaming keep streaming um you could buy their songs on Bandcamp, if that's an option. Um, yeah, I mean, I think now is the time everyone's listening to music at home anyways, so it's it's not like a huge obligation to do something like that, but, you know, just if you like the band, just make sure to keep streaming it. Um, you can always just post about the bands that you like within your scene. Uh, yeah, I guess there's... There's tons of ways, all the ways that you would usually do it without going to a show. Mm-hmm. Merch being a big one. Now, because uh, you mentioned that there's going to be a test pressing, con- you've got your test pe- pressing contest going on for uh, your boy. Uh, are you going to have like a, uh, a bigger vinyl release coming out in the near future for that as well? Um, yeah, the, the vinyl uh, the vinyl's out in physical form. Um, but do you mean like, uh, like at a show or something like that? Oh no, just like available online for people to order and stuff like that. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. The vinyl is out. The, uh, all the, the normal copies, this oh, okay. uh, contest is for like test never to be never. It's not supposed to be, uh, ever seen by anyone. This was just like the very first vinyls that had ever been pressed. Oh, and, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. First ever. It doesn't even have the proper name on it or anything like that. And I'm, I'm giving them away. Nice. Collector's item. Yeah. Let's see here. Um, I like to I, – keeping this question up because I like to ask this for every question regardless of what format the show <laughs> the show is in. Uh, what local bands or artists would you recommend we bring on the show for a future episode? Um, I would bring on um, – I would bring on Future Star – I would bring on uh, Highland Highway. I would bring on the Gins. I would bring on uh, Ministry of Human Resources. Um, yeah. Nice. That's a good spread. We've had the Gins and Highland Highway on the show before, but I actually haven't listened to High, uh, Future Star or the Ministry of Human Resources. 
Um, what do those two sound like? Future Star writes very, uh, very sincere, very quirky piano songs. They're just like they're just really solid tunes. I, I don't I don't know if they, um, if they've been performing for very like how long they've been around. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how many people know about them, but I heard uh, a few of their songs. And I just immediately fell in love. Like they're they're just really simple, quirky, great lyrics, great just great songs. Yeah, and then Ministry is just the complete opposite. Just terrible just a mess of music oh man just just brutal free jazz oh boy but within the best way just you got to go to one of their shows uh there's like seven or eight people in that band probably and uh yeah it's like a captain beefheart revival band mixed with free jazz and country and everything oh man Uh, that's right up my alley i love freaky shit like that yeah yeah it's a great great band oh hell yeah well i'll definitely be checking out uh both those artists i'll see if they've got some new stuff coming up in the next few months because i feel i almost feel in a way that like now is the time to be putting out new stuff because everyone's got time to listen to it so yeah totally yeah uh and i guess uh finally jordan uh, how can listeners check out your music and keep up with everything you're up to you can go to youngheasy.com and you can you can find it all there. Or you could find me on Instagram, young underscore heasy, at Twitter, uh, young underscore heasy, I think. Might be young heasy. Uh, and um, yeah, just Google my Google me. Y U N G H E A Z Y. Or Z Y. Right. <laughs> I always forget that. Well, thank you so much, Jordan. Uh, I hope you're uh, keeping your spirits up and keeping yourself sane during this uh, this interesting period that we're all dealing with right now. And uh, definitely looking forward to uh, being able to see your next show whenever that might be. Awesome. Thanks, man. Talk to you soon, Jordan. Cheers. You guys have a good one. You too. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, James Olson. Pacific Sound Radio is produced by Mark Lingelbach. You can check us out on Facebook at Pacific Sound Radio, Instagram at Pacific Sound Radio, Twitter at Pacific S Radio, YouTube at Pacific Sound Media. Our website is www.pacificsoundradio.com and wherever you stream your podcasts. If you know a local band or artist that you think should appear as guests on our show, let us know. Fill out the form on our website or send us an email to talkpsr at gmail.com. Mm-hmm.